Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. There are only two players in the history of Penn State football that have 10 interceptions in a season. One is Neil Smith. Ironically, the other is Franco Harris's brother, Pete. They're the only two that have ever had 10 in a season. We're very pleased to be joined by Neil Smith, teammate of Franco Harris and Jack Ham. Neil, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Okay, so let's uh, go back to that era of Penn State football. Uh, Franco Harris is, you know, on the football team with Lydell Mitchell. You guys had to go against them, I think, in practice as the scout team. What was that like? <laughs> well, um, I was actually two years older than those two, and freshmen weren't eligible at the time, so I only really played with them one year. Uh, but I do remember it was uh, spring ball of my – well, I was a junior, but it was spring ball before my senior year and it was before Franco's sophomore year. And early in the, in the season, 20, 20 practices, um, one of the assistant coaches came up to me and asked me what I thought of Franco and how hard he hit and stuff like that. And I said, geez, I haven't really experienced that too much. Well, it didn't take long before I did experience it. And, uh, and I knew how good he was. <laughs> well, that was the irony of it. The irony of it was number 34 was the fullback, but Lionel Mitchell was the star of the two in college. That was the, that was the irony of it. Well, Franco really, uh, his their senior year, 1971, yeah. Um, yeah, Lydell had great stats that year. But the two prior years, I think Franco was was right there with uh, with Lydell their junior year and with uh, Charlie Pittman their sophomore year. You know, they were both very good running backs with similar statistics. That's what Jack Ham and I we we've, we've talked about this before. Jack said, "Those are the scout team guys." Because, Frank, as you said, freshman were eligible. Those are the scout team guys, really. I mean, that, that's the irony of it. Yeah. Uh, and the other part that we've, uh, I think, almost everybody knows. Franco was not America's greatest practice player, <laughs> and jo- and Joe wrote him a little bit for not being the greatest practice player. Is that fair? Uh, that's fair. Uh, I really don't remember him being that bad, but. Uh... That seems to be the consensus, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have to ask you, you go back to that particular time. And I talked about your 10 interceptions, Neil. That defense, what was it like playing in the secondary with that defense and that front seven in front of you in that era? Actually, it was uh, eight in front of me. We played a 4-4-3 at that time. Yep. And uh, of those eight, the four linemen and the four linebackers, three are in the College Football Hall of Fame. And there was a you know a couple other great ones, Steve Smear and J. 
John Ebersol and um, that could well have been in that too. It was uh, it was easy playing safety behind them. Where where were you when Franco had the immaculate reception fifty years ago? I was probably I think uh, sitting at home watching the game. Um, went nuts with the whole with the kids and everybody else. <laughs> well, the kids weren't very weren't old enough, I guess, at that time, seventy two. But uh, my wife and I went nuts. Now, were you a Steelers fan at that point? I mean, obviously, you're in the eastern part of the state. Were you a Steelers fan? Yeah, sure. Oh, you were? Okay, so oh, yeah. here they are. So they have this his miracle moment that gets him into the AFC championship game. Were you um, – Joe always said, go to the ball. So in the end, when you think back on it, are you surprised that Franco was the one that went to the ball and caught it? Uh, no, not uh... – right. Not at all. Um, it is amazing that a fullback would be in that position, though. But that's, uh, you know, Franco, I think, went to the ball his whole career. What, uh, you know, I realize you guys were in different classes, Neil. But what do you remember about, if at all, about his personality in college, the time that you were together and around him? Oh, I... Um pretty much what everybody's saying about him. He was very humble, uh, always smiling, had no ego, respectful of everybody else. He was just a great person. You saw, of course, we talked about later in life, and especially the last 10, 11 years, everyone saw how Franco um, stuck up for Joe Paterno's reputation. Uh, any surprise on your part about the depth of loyalty that he showed, not his entire life, but in that moment? Oh, not at all. Um, I, I mean, um, I haven't seen Franco a lot, <laughs> um, you know, since uh, he graduated, but uh, um, it didn't surprise me at all. Um, He's just that kind of person. Uh, what made you know? Because you were you know the undefeated teams back to back, obviously great teams. Um, so I have to ask you, what made that group that included him special in your mind? Oh, um, I think the coaching um, meant a lot to all of us. Um, not only Paterno, but uh, he had a great, uh, mature staff at the time um, that really set a good example for us, I think. And, of course, the back-to-back Orange Bowls along the way that were spectacular. I, you know, since I've got you here, we'll talk about a couple of guys. You, you were in the same field with Mike Reed. Right. And at the football banquet... Uh, a week ago, one of the awards is the Reed Robinson Award. I talked about who Dave Robinson is, and I mentioned when it came to Mike Reed, I said, uh, not only the Outland Trophy, there's nobody I've ever heard of in my life that had three safeties in one game. <laughs> what was what was it like watching Mike Reed practice and then watching Mike Reed play? Oh, 
it was he was so intense, um, especially on the field, obviously, but uh, um, unbelievable intensity on uh, from him. You know, he uh, he wrestled at Penn State also. And, yeah, no, uh, no, I know. He got carried off the mat after beating, I think it was Lehigh. I think he got carried off the mat because it, it swung the dual meet. Yeah. Yeah, I was at that uh, at that match, and uh, it came down to the heavyweight. And uh, yeah, the poor Lehigh wrestler came out on the mat, and uh, the team had, some of the team members had uh, Mike behind the uh, bleachers in rec hall. And uh, you could hear him getting him pumped up, and he came out, and you know, to the crowd just cheering, and it was wild. I just felt sorry for the poor Lehigh guy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask you about my broadcast partner, Jack Ham. How uh, early could you tell? that he had a chance because you know we knew he was the last guy everybody knows about the last guy in the class and so forth could, how early could you tell like uh this guy can play how early was that for you neil oh i think uh let's see he was uh year, he was one year behind me he was right. actually my age i think but uh um because he he matured late i believe and uh didn't go to Penn State right out of high school, um, and like you said, was the last recruit of the following year. Um, Steve Smear begged Paterno, I think, to to take him. So it, you know, not when he was a a freshman as much, just playing with the freshman team. But uh, he started to come on his sophomore year. And uh, by the beginning of his junior season, he was dominant. I asked you about Franco. The other part of that equation was Lydell Mitchell. What was your? You talked about how hard it was that you know Franco would go after you and he'd throw his body into you. What was Lydell Mitchell like? He was tough too, but uh, he had uh, a little quicker. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, so he had quickness and toughness there. And I don't think anybody should forget Charlie Pittman, who was older than they are. Right. Um, and and, and that's I that, yeah, you guys were classmates. What right. made him special? Because I don't think he should ever get lost in the mix here. No, I I, uh, I don't either. Um, he was just a good all-around athlete. Um, you know, he could could do anything he didn't get a lot of passes thrown to him because we weren't a passing team back then but um when he did he caught him and uh and i had a lot of speed obviously there's there we do get to a certain point in our life where there are the passing of people that are peers uh how shocking is was the news that when you found out that franco had passed Unbelievable, uh, you know, with everything coming up this weekend, uh, and knowing that uh, he was in the preparation, I'm sure. Um, I, I I can't believe it. I I can't wait to hear what it was. I'm 
assuming a heart attack or something similar. Well, at some point we will find out, but uh, it was it was a shock to all of us. And I want to thank you, Neil, for the time that you gave us today. Uh, even under tough circumstances, it was a pleasure talking with you. Yes, uh, it was. It, it is tough circumstances, and um, it'll be missed. That's for sure. Neil, thank you so much. Sure thing.